Uh, hi, this is Lydia Chris, and you're listening to the podcast. So how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing very good. Sorry to talk to you on a sad occasion. Joining us on the phone is Lydia Chris, a close personal friend of Mr. Eddie Belandis, and he was also a friend to a few of us on staff here at Podkiss, and, and thank you for joining us today to talk about uh, our good friend, Eddie. Well, my pleasure being here, yeah. I mean, he was my really good friend, Eddie. <laughs> I knew Eddie, you know, very well in, in the Kiss days. We both kind of left Kiss around the same time. I mean, within a week, I got divorced and he got fired. For like we, the 19th time. Yeah, for the 19th time, right. <laughs> we kept in touch, but we would talk to each other at least once a year <laughs> on each other's birthday. Well, twice a year, I should say, on our, each other's birthday and for Christmas. He moved from the West Coast to the East Coast. He was selling some of his Kiss stuff, and he asked me to help him. He shipped everything here. I told him, ship it to Texas. <laughs> they, were that, they were having an auction. And he goes, no, no, I trust you. I want to ship it to you. So he shipped everything to me. I organized everything, and I sent everything back to Texas for the auction. And then he moved to Chicago. And once he moved to Chicago, he was retired, and uh, we, we became better friends than ever, even though he did live with me in the Glen. In the, in the Kiss days, when we moved to Greenwich, Connecticut, I would talk to Eddie sometimes three times a day uh, once he moved to Chicago. I mean, he was always there, uh, always in a good mood. Eddie loved to talk. He had a great memory. People tell me I have a good memory. He remembers more than me. <laughs> so, I mean, I wrote the book, and he told me, after the book was written, he told me things that I forgot about. You probably got close to him in a lot of ways because while the boys were out doing things, he was hanging out with you. Well, actually, when they were on stage, I was on stage also. Yeah, just off to the we side. Were all, he was probably next to me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we were all on stage. Peter always wanted me right by the Monica Mixer. Well, John Hart would take me up on stage sometimes, and sometimes it was Eddie. They would take Jeanette and I both, you know, before, mm-hmm. before the band came on. While the lights were still down, that's when the crowd would know. <laughs> they would know the band was coming, and it would get nuts. <laughs> what What do you remember most about Eddie, and, and what should the fans remember most about Eddie? I, I think the thing that I love most about Eddie is his, is his laugh. You know, he, he had a great laugh. Um, he had a great heart. I mean, he was such a generous, giving person. And um, he was a, I mean, I have four brothers, and he was closer to me than any of my brothers, than any of my real brothers. He uh, was kind of surprised the KISS fans would want to talk to him or hear his story. No, I know. He, he, he absolutely loved that. He um, he loved the attention that he got when he when he first came to when my book came out. That was the first time I had seen Eddie in many many years. Even though we spoke on the phone a lot, my book came out five years ago. So that's kind of when he moved back to Chicago. I did the Chicago um, Expo, and he joined me. And he just was amazed that people were asking for his autograph in my book. You know, pictures of him in my book, mm-hmm. and he was just. He was helping me, you know. He was my helper, uh, you know. Uh, uh, you know, he he was like a little advertisement standing, sitting next to me. Um, I shouldn't say little because he was a big guy. No, he was. <laughs> but he, he was he was protecting me and selling my book at the same time and making everybody laugh. So he was a slash bodyguard carnival barker. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. MC, yeah. MC. Yeah, he he recently did the same for Ace actually during the meet and greets uh, at a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and he he was glad to 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 touch base with Ace again and um oh he was thrilled because i i hooked him up again we got uh, i called Eddie and I were on the phone and i said you know what hold on let me just see if i can get ace and i put us on three way so we had a three way conversation and he was just you know, he says, I'll see you at the next show, you know, in Wisconsin. I think he, Ace was doing something. And then he says, and I'll see you in Indianapolis. And uh, they, um, they, Wisconsin, he had a little bit of trouble with the promoter, but in Indianapolis they, they hung out and they, they really, you know, had a lot of fun from what I was told. I was jealous I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eddie, uh, like I said, became a good friend. And uh, you never knew when you'd get a, a phone call from Eddie. I kind of did because Eddie would call me almost every every time he would call it would be around 10 o'clock because that's when his cell phone minutes used to kick in. You know, he would do the same. My time, nine his time. Yeah, he would do the same thing to me. I didn't put that together. <laughs> that cheap so-and-so. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's one thing Eddie wasn't. He wasn't cheap no, no. because when I helped him with the – with, with the auction, I didn't want anything, and he still sent me a check, and I sent the check back to him. I said, out of your mind, yeah, you know? Him. So um, for doing all the work, I mean, it was a lot of work that I had to do for him, but for doing all the work, all I wanted was a costume from Shanana, hey, <laughs> and that's go. what he, he gave me. <laughs> Wait, what, what did you get, Bowser's T-shirt? No, I got an absolute full costume. Uh, he let me pick out whatever one I wanted, and I think I picked out a pink one. It's wow. pink, pink like glitter, <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever they used to wear, like lame or Lorex. I'm not sure what they called it in those days, but... That, uh, that was that was standard in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, I know. I used to wear it a lot, <laughs> as you can see in my book. Mm -hmm. Your book is sold out at this point. Yeah, it? it's sold out. I've actually, I actually have about four copies sitting on the floor that are spoken for. I'm taking one copy. Well, actually, one copy is going with me to Brazil. I'm going to Brazil in a couple of weeks um, to do a Kiss Expo with Bruce Kulick. I'm going just to kind of promote the book. I'm reprinting it, but I'm not going to be able to. You know, I'm going to see if they'll. You know, we're going to. The promoter wants me to work out something where we can do pre-orders. Oh, that's a good. But idea. Brazil's kind of crazy, so I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> I really wish I had Eddie with me. He said to me, he said, why don't you try to get them to, let, you know, to, to, you know, let me go with you. And I said, I wish I could, you know, but um, I'm sure that the, the promoters have their own, you know, I mean, God forbid if we would have, you know, booked a flight for him and everything and then uh, this would have happened. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure you're going to look at uh, Eddie's life the same way I do with, you know, remembering that laugh, remembering. Oh, I'm going to, I cry a lot. You know, since he passed away, um, but I know I'm, I'm always going to remember his, his his character, his laugh, and his little devious that that look in his eye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I'm going to the funeral. Um, I'm hoping I could get through it. Well, you can, you will. God's with you. Yeah. Thank you. Well. We want to thank you for uh, being part of our little time to think about Eddie, and we're going to get on with the rest of the podcast because Eddie wouldn't want us sitting around crying, would he, Lydia? No, he wouldn't. No, I know. So let's have I'm some I'm just sorry fun. I didn't get to go to that convention, but then again, I'm not sure if right. I would have been able to handle that in person. So, Well, God was protecting you then. I think so. All right. Well, let's have some fun, podcast listeners. 
Wait a minute. I just thought of something. <laughs> we had a party for Bill Coin at a roller skating rink. And, um, no, an ice skating rink. And I don't ice skate. I roller skate, but I don't ice skate. But Eddie held me up as we were <laughs> ice skating around the ring. <laughs> so you were skating with him walking behind you, right? No, he was that oh. holding me up from underneath my arms oh my so God. that I wouldn't fall. <laughs> That's Eddie. I know. I know. I went from like meeting Eddie at the uh Indie Expo and it right. was it was cool and we we talked for like 4 hours and wow. Sunday morning we got up and and he uh kind of held court. He was like Santa Claus with all these little Kiss fans sitting around him, you know, in the lobby <laughs> and sitting by the fireplace He's like, "Now gather around kids, you know." <laughs> and he's just sitting there and telling the same he's told the same stories like three times sometimes but nobody gave a crap because it was eddie you know yeah and it's yeah. just weird because as a kid that was you know a kiss kid and, and 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 eddie couldn't believe that you know people that were doctors and lawyers and so on and well, so that, forth that freaks me out too yeah that, that like yeah. all these little kids that are now you know adults. out there yeah and, and successful adults and and Eddie was like, "Are you serious? People still want to hear me?" And, and he couldn't believe. Like he would call me up every day. And he'd be like, "So how many downloads did we get today, Kenny?" You know, and I'd say, <laughs> "We got another one thousand two hundred today." And he's like, "Wow, so people really care, you know?" And, and <clears throat> he couldn't believe it. But well, you know that voice. You know, he was him and Jr. I mean, I'm, I'm friends with. I'm still. I spoke to Jr. two days ago. Well, please you give know. him our best, okay? I will. Everything from talking about Ace uh, loving corn to falling down the concrete oh, steps. Ace in the corn, yep, yeah. yep. Ace, once he said to, he, he used to tell his wife, don't ever throw corn out in this house. <laughs> yeah, a running joke with that. With me and Jeanette, whenever we, we, you know, when we used to see each other, I'd go, don't ever throw corn out in this house. He came to my house. In Greenwich, I swear to God, he came to my my house in Greenwich, Connecticut, and brought um, about two dozen ears of corn. <laughs> you know, you know what's going to happen, don't you? What? Kiss fans are going to line up with bags of corn at Ace shows <laughs> instead of them putting up the devil horn sign. You know, people yeah. just hold ears of corn, and Ace will be going, "What the hell's this all about?" Oh, you know what? You know what they should do? They should throw corn at them. No, no, don't say that. <laughs> it would be hard enough with the little uh, niblets, you know, because remember the Beatles? They said they like jelly babies, which were like soft. Yeah, uh, yeah. And when they got over to the States, people were throwing jelly beans at them. Well, when you're like, you know, 50 feet away and you're lobbing a bag of jelly beans, just it's like bullets hitting them. You know, George would be like, we don't like jelly babies anymore, you know. <laughs> Well, the, the fans will, you know, the little niblet corns will get stuck in the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they won't take cans. I know what we could do. We could have Ace do a food drive and people can bring cans of corn and ears of corn <laughs> to help feed the poor. Oh, oh we, God. We have That's too much funny. fun. We have too much fun. So the, the funeral and I have to prepare... Um, a speech. So that's my, that's my, I have to go to work tonight, but it'll be a quick, you know, like I'll be in and you know, I work for Bob Gruen. You know, oh, wow. I'd love yeah. to interview him sometime. Oh, uh, he'd love to do it. You know, he's. All he's, right. 
Because he, he did some of the most famous shots. Oh, yeah, he's a talker. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, we'll set something up. <laughs> okay. All right, well, have right. fun doing this, Michelle. Every, every, well, okay. thank, you, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, you're welcome. And uh, God bless, and you be careful traveling to Brazil. And Okay, uh, oh, thanks, yeah. Try to remember the smiles. Okay. All right. I will. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Kiss fans. You wanted the best. You got the best. The hottest show on the net. Podcast. All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best. You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcasting. Hello, welcome to your podcast. Uh, I'm Gary Schaller. And I'm Ken Mills. This is podcast number 52, so happy you're with us. This is the official podcast of the KISS Army. That's you. That's us. Glad you're listening, and we've got a chock-full show tonight. A lot of cool stuff for you. Joining us for podcast 52 is um, the Matt Porter. Welcome aboard, Matt. Wow, thanks guys for having me, and hello world, hello KISS podcast fans and KISS army everywhere. What do you think of PodKiss Central? Pretty fancy digs, huh? I'll tell you, it's amazing in here. I never would have believed you guys had so many computers and so much track lighting. It's it's pretty incredible. Gary insisted on track lighting. <laughs> I did, you know. It's uh, it's my aesthetic, and um, you know, I was going to get a, a monkey as well. Um, it's not, yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, like it's an homage to the uh, Kiss Exposed video. But. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how did you find the podcast, and uh, what do you do, and anything you'd like to plug? You know, I'm just I'm a lifelong Kiss fan. Discovered the podcast, became a fan of the podcast. Really, uh, around episode 21, it was the interview with Ace. Uh, obviously, anytime you can get more material on, you know, it was, it was an actual Ace interview. I think you had Peter Chris around episode 37. I, I love all that kind of stuff, and really the fact that that you guys always find. Almost like like somebody who like the one that I really was amazed by that Megan McCracken interview. Who would think that she had so many stories about the early days of Kiss? And so that's the kind of thing I was always such a fan of the show, and just really a huge Kiss fan forever. Um, so I'm really I'm thrilled to be on here with you guys. I think it's I'm really a fan of what you do, and and I'm really glad to be able to be part of it tonight. We're glad you could join us tonight. Since it's the month of October, or Rocktober, we're going to look at some historic events that happen around this time of year. We're going to talk about some scary things, and such as marriage. <laughs> right, what could be scarier than this? You take Shannon to be your wife, and do you promise to love and respect her as long as you both shall live? I do. But, you know, one of the things I love about Gene is that he's always very consistent. You know, he's he's... You know, he's a man who has an idea in his head, and he sticks with it. Your wife is going to be thrilled after your divorce because she's going to get her slice. Half. Love and marriage, love and marriage. You can't pay me to get married. I don't, I don't believe in the institution. It's a figment of somebody's imagination. If men were completely honest with themselves, they would admit as they're walking down the aisle, they don't really believe it. So before we get into the show proper, we're looking at uh, two things that we probably never thought we'd see. We saw Gene Simmons get married, 
and we're going to talk a little bit about the Kiss Cruise. We saw tons of songs played that we never thought we'd see again. Let's be honest. I, I thought it was great. I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? Well, first, let's talk about the wedding. Right. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Did you ever think that you'd see Gene Simmons get married? No. Matt. You know, I, after, like you said, for considering the last how many years it's been, marriage is an institution. Who should go in an institution? You'd have to be crazy. I'll never get married. We're happily unmarried, blah, blah, blah. Who would have thought that that last season of Gene Simmons' family jewels would be so brutal, let alone end up with them getting married? I don't know about you guys, but, I mean, did you ever think you'd see Gene in therapy? No, no, no. No. Not, not I mean, saying he or I or you don't need it, but uh, because it helps a lot of people. But you know, it it was it was kind of tough to watch Family Jewels this season. Did you, have you followed it, Matt? I, I've always followed it. I mean, I think in a way only because of the fact that every once in a while they'll throw in a clip like, here they are playing at the wedding, here's uh-huh. some backstage footage, here they are putting the makeup on. But I really, this season was tough to get through. I mean, with all those, like when the kids were kind of tough on them, you know, and, and Shannon's backstage, and here he comes off the stage in the makeup with blood still around his mouth. Well, I'm going back to my apartment or whatever, and you know, I'll see you later. And he's like, "What?" It's like I'm Gene Simmons, and you know, it, tough to watch. I mean, I, I always try and watch it, but yeah, this last season was really hard. Yeah. Well, Gary, uh, what do you think? Is is this for real? I have a dear friend who's a big Kiss fan in New York, and um, I have many dear friends who are Kiss fans. But but one of the guys I grew up with, who I played music with, is a guy named Charlie. He's a huge Kiss fan, and I think he's been a Kiss fan since about 1975. And he was pretty incensed at Gene. You know, kind of. He's been following Family Jewels. He's going along with it. And um, I guess around the beginning of this past season, you know, or the, or the beginning of the last season, when the problems started with Gene and Shannon and everything, you know, he he was calling me and and sending me emails, really pissed, like, wow, Gene's really he's acting like a jerk, and what's this about, and blah blah blah. And and I had to kind of reframe it for him a little bit by saying, dude, if there's one thing Americans love, it's redemption. You know, we love. Uh, you know, a, a hero who falls from grace and then he becomes a hero again. And it's like the classic storyline that we, we love to watch, you know, bad guy turns good. And do I think it's fake? I think it's filmed. I think that it's, um, you know, television well, eyes. Isn't, isn't pretty much every wedding filmed? Yeah, yeah. My wedding video is, um, yeah, it's uh, Gary Schaller's Family Jewels. Um, <laughs> it's much, sma- much smaller uh, than, than Gene Simmons' Family Jewels. Um, well, and right. and and the ring was was a bit more affordable. Yeah, um, ouch! Yeah, wow! My God! I don't know if it's fake that you know that they love each other, that they had marital problems or or relationship problems or any of that stuff. That they that they are really married. That the kids had a hard time. I, you know, I I don't know if it's fake. I I know that you know on TV. I'm sure it's not the same kind of reactions that they're having when the cameras stop rolling. But it doesn't matter. It's a it's a it's a TV show. It's for entertainment, and a lot of people really love it. I think that they're very much in love. I think that Gene found a way to get a wedding paid for tax free by making an expense to a TV show. It's a smart thing to do. I wish I would have thought of it. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, from the podcast staff, from all of us everywhere, we wish Gene and Shannon the happiest of uh, lives. 
Congratulations. Now, let's talk about the other thing we never thought we'd see, that this KISS cruise would turn out to be something so amazingly cool, and we're doing a full show on that next month, but we have to talk about it a little bit. Did you ever think you'd see a KISS concert where they didn't play Love Gun? I know, it was pretty exciting. Yeah. I'm actually kind of happy about it. I mean, not, not that I don't like Love Gun or anything, but, you know, it's sort of become like the joke, like, it's great, now play Love Gun. You know, Paul that, that's himself. great now. That, that came now, from don't Paul. play Love Gun, right? I mean, like, yeah. I'm okay with them not playing that, to be honest with you. What is uh, the one song that you're surprised that they didn't play and the one song that you're surprised that they did play, if that makes sense? Well, for me, Getaway was the big surprise in terms of the fact they did play it. I just didn't think that they... I mean, there seemed to be no reason for it in particular. I, I never thought I'd hear it live. It was amazing to hear that live. What a wonderful song and, and a great performance. Stuff I'm surprised they didn't play... I don't know. That's a that's a. I'm surprised they didn't play anything from Sonic Boom. They've, yeah, that is been, kind of odd, right? I mean, they've been you know on that record for a while, and and uh, you know maybe this is they're just sort of like turning attention toward Monster right now, and and not kind of going back to that. But I don't know. What do you think, Matt? I thought Two Timer when they did that. Anything when they go back to the really early stuff. You know, that's the kind of stuff. And then Paul will always say, oh, well, we don't play these on the tour because people don't know them. Well, you know, Paul, we know them all. Everybody knows every song. And, and I think they really should pull out more of that early stuff that they haven't played every time when they come back around on another tour. And for me, that's the stuff that when they dig in and really find stuff that they haven't played from any of those early albums, that's the kind of stuff. I mean, you know, really for anybody out there, I didn't go on the cruise. I mean, obviously, that's a pretty good chunk of cash. I, I'm looking at all the photos and, and seeing these videos and really wishing, obviously, I had gone. But the... Uh, you know, somehow that that uh, in the budget somehow just didn't mix. I don't know why, but it, you know, it's I don't know. But I mean, really, hopefully they put a lot of that stuff out on the DVD. I would love it if they would put out a specific Kiss Cruise DVD with as much of that stuff as they can. But any of the any time they go into the older stuff, that's I'm always thrilled by that. Well, Ken, you had an idea about how they could, you know, I mean, if we ran the Kiss Empire, uh, right? I mean, you know, but I thought your idea was great. Which was. You know, because I, I have so many of them. That is true. I mean, specifically, not the one about the goat, but the one oh, about okay. the, the Kiss <laughs> Cruise uh, order online. And oh yeah, that w- basically it was kind of like uh, Kiss could take pre-orders to the disc, make them limited edition. You get two audio discs, two DVDs worth as well, and the guys would sign. You, you, you really don't know who you would get, but you would get one of the members of Kiss signing it. And you would have to pre-order it, and it would it'd be like about sixty bucks probably. But you know, they they could make a nice chunk of change on that. Pay for itself. Yep. I think. I mean, really, any of that stuff. They have so much stuff. Rather than put it out, you know, in these volumes that go through the store. You know, Kiss has a fan base enough that if they put out a show every month via Kiss Online, we would all know where to find it. I, I'm surprised we don't actually see more of that, especially now that, I mean, look at the state of record companies as far as, you know, the way that that's set up. I'm surprised we haven't seen them do more things like that, like direct, Kiss fan only. If you're on Kiss Online, you order it here. I think that's a great idea. I love what you're, what you're talking about. So basically like a Kiss DVD of the month club. I'm surprised they haven't done it. I mean, you figure, you know, really think about that. If if you could subscribe to that, I think some a lot of people really would. I'd be all over that. 
And the thing to do would be to make it like limited edition. Once you, if you don't order it, it sucks to be you down the road, you know. Well, even like when they had those Live Nation, the discs Uh that were, you know, if you're at the show, you can order it. Like, they're pretty rare because there's only a handful from every show. But, I mean, how cool are those? I mean, like, did you ever think even that you'd see the day where you could literally be leaving the concert, listening to the concert that you were just at? I mean, I'm still kind of blown away how cool that was. And I mean, I can't imagine why they wouldn't do something, you know, with all that stuff, really. Easily the best souvenir, you know, I guess uh, up there with, uh, tour book or t-shirt you know maybe better than that is walking away with the show you just saw absolutely 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 I so love that in 2004 I loved it in 2009 yeah so for those who are always asking us what's the next show going to be podcast 53 the kiss cruise special a look back so get on the boat so tonight Rocktober or October has always been filled with a lot of things by Kiss, right, Gary? I love October for for uh, you know being a Kiss fan because I don't know I just have a a very strong, very positive association with between Kiss and this time of year. I, I vividly remember some great autumn Kiss memories. I, I'm thinking about in particular like '97 and '98 back to back. You know, you had '97 um, was Carnival of Souls coming out, finally released, and mm-hmm. I mean many, many of us had heard that music already, but I have really fond memories of a very cold autumn, very cold October in New York City, and uh, that record coming out right around that time, I think, and something about that music and it being very cold in Manhattan, really, you know, kind of like chills to the bone and hits home, and that record coming out, plus reading those, uh, you know, Psycho Circus comic books and kind of getting psyched for what was coming out the next year, and then, of course, that, the, you know, Psycho Circus album and tour kicking off uh, around October, Halloween, I mean that was a phenomenal time too, and and when Kiss know how you know when Kiss do it, they know how to do it right, and they they capitalize on this time of year as you know as I, I think they should because they're the ultimate Halloween band. You, you really don't think that belongs to Coop? I don't. I, I actually, I mean, I think that Alice Cooper is is a you know certainly like a Halloweeny looking guy, but he's but, kind of more horror, right? Where right. Kiss and is like you can you can dress like I've never seen a Alice Cooper makeup kit. I'm oh. sure that they've existed somewhere along the way, but I've never walked into like a Walmart or a Spencer's and bought the Alice Cooper outfit, the Alice mm-hmm. Cooper makeup. You know what I mean? And even if you look at the the Marvel comics that came out, because you know Alice Cooper had his own Marvel comic too, mm-hmm. and, and you consider the difference, right? I think you know Kiss's Marvel comic was like them, you know, kicking ass on the cover and fighting uh, Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that Alice Cooper's comic book, same company. Same era, and it was him in like a straight jacket. Yeah, well, he he was doing his album from the inside, so right. But I mean, a really different aesthetic and a different vibe, you know. Mm-hmm. With Kiss, it's like you know they're the trick or treat band, the Halloween band, and like fun and candy and you know dress up, do what you want, and have a good time. And it's kind of scary, but it's also like a party. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a great it's a great group costume too. You figure if you have a bunch of your friends. You know, bang, there's four different costumes. And I think that's one of the kind of one of the great things is that in the same way, who thinks of everybody's favorite costume? It's either Superman, Batman or Kiss. You know, you're part of something, whether you're the super friends or your or your kiss. It's a good group kind of a thing. And I think that's one of the differences. You know, you could pick your favorite. And I think it's one of the magic things of Kiss, really, is the same thing as that, like, well, if you like this kind of thing, you could be the scary demon bat or if you're cool, maybe you want to be the space ace or whatever. 
And I think that's probably also one of the things that I think when people, well, they can be somebody different and there's a couple choices. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. Gary, what are you going to be, which KISS member are you going to be for Halloween? What are you going to be? Uh, I'm going to be the bandit. No, Ooh. I'm not. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a brave choice. Uh, for Halloween, I think I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be Bruce Kulick in the Asylum era. That's, I was going to do Bruce Revenge era. Nice. There you go. What about you, Matt? I'm going to do the Peter Chris makeup, I think. Uh, last year I did Gene Simmons makeup, and it's hard because you have to get all those points. The Peter Chris makeup's a little easier, so I think I'm going to do that. Halloween one year, I remember I was in grad school, we went to a, uh, an Indian food restaurant before going to a Halloween party. And, you know, like everyone was, was like kind of dressed up, but not like they hadn't really brought it. Right. And uh, like I think the most dressed up anyone else was was like someone was like Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, which you could almost get away with wearing in public anyhow. But I, <laughs> I, I did Gene Simmons on like the Dress to Kill cover. So I had like the suit, I had a wig, I had the makeup and I had platform boots. You know, you haven't really lived until you've walked in dressed like that into an Indian food restaurant on Long Island. Like that's good times. Wow. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> okay. We we all remember Fox TV in what was it ninety eight? Yeah, that yeah. whole night. Oh, amazing! There was the Millennium Show, and I think that was back to back the thirtieth and the thirty first, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, right. Because the whole weekend. Yeah, because wasn't wasn't the TV show Millennium on Friday night? Something and, like that. And and they they were cameos in that. And they, 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 of course, did Psycho Circus in that. And then the next night was Mad TV and the concert. Right, right. With the Smashing Pumpkins opening. Right. And the radio made a really good event of it. I mean, Matt, you were talking earlier about, like, you know, I still can't believe that they did the instant lives. Like, what a cool thing. I remember thinking that it was um, courageous that they did a, a live concert on the radio. Right, because, absolutely. Yeah, th that's not the usual thing that Kiss do. You know? Well, that night you pretty much couldn't get away from Kiss. It was, it was a pretty cool event. It was a great event, yeah. And I, I, I like the songs they chose to do from the record. I, I was really surprised when they played Within because, you know, even even for me at first listen, it, it just seemed like that was the song that, that more than any other song on the album said, well, I don't really think that this is these four guys that are on the cover. <laughs> um and and I liked it though because I think um, they did they weren't afraid to kind of take some chances on that record uh, musically and within it sounds like something from Carnival of Souls and I love that record too so I was really excited to hear within performed by those four guys it kind of legitimatized the the song in a way I, I don't know if that makes sense mm -hmm. what did you think of their performance on Mad TV some of those skits are pretty damn funny I loved it. The one with Michael Jackson, the Michael Jackson impression, and, mm -hmm. and they sick the Kiss army on the Michael Jackson monster or whatever. I mean, how many times have you seen people that, just that part of it all over, you know, on YouTube right. or whatever? Oh, let's get them. Let's get them. The one yeah. part that I felt bad for, like, as a fan, as stupid as this is going to sound, but when they were doing that thing, so, like, what did you get? And, like, Pete goes, I got a rock. A rock. <laughs> <laughs> a, it's a Charlie Brown thing, right? Isn't that, like, what? Happens with Charlie Brown in the uh, Great Pumpkin cartoon, right? He keep, like they trick treating, yeah. and he keeps getting a rock. Every oh my God, you're right. You know, <laughs> I never sure. put that together. I think so. I mean, I have a, I, I have it on DVD. I should watch it. It's the time of year, but but yeah, I think that. I so think someone that, out there right now is putting 
Peter Chris makeup or the cat makeup <laughs> on Charlie Brown. Oh, you know what we're gonna do right here? We'll we'll do a back to back. I'll 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 find that audio. Hey, I got some Hershey bars with almonds. What did you get? I got a popcorn ball. <laughs> I uh I got a grape zots. What'd you get? <laughs> I got a rock. I got five pieces of candy. I got a chocolate bar. I got a quarter. I got a rock. I loved their skits on Mad TV, man. I thought that one thing you can say about Kiss, especially the original lineup, is that when they have kind of a common thing to do all together, no matter how kind of cruddy, uh, you know, the energy might be between them off camera, but when they have something to do together and it's comedy, they do it right. They do a great job. Well, I remember somebody talking about how corny it was what they did on Mad TV. And I'm like, this is the same band that brings us to another thing that happened in October, the Paul Lynch show. Mm-hmm. which I think was a big breaker for Kiss as far as breaking. You know how the Beatles had um, Ed Sullivan? Right, I was just going to say, yeah. Kiss had Paul Lind. <laughs> right. As weird as that sounds. I think the Beatles won in that regard, but... Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that That is their Ed Sullivan. Now, I was... Uh, let's see, that took place in October. I was almost a year old when that aired. And you didn't see it? You know, I didn't. Uh, I... I I didn't even know it was on. I, I, I hadn't read the TV guide that week. <laughs> now, did you guys see that as it, as it happened? I saw it when it was on, and I remember the thing about that that I really think about now is it really speaks to the idea that you had to be a fan in, like, I was eight years old in 1976, and if you didn't see it, it was gone. And think of how many years went by before you could see it again. I remember as a kid thinking, this was the greatest thing I've ever seen you know, and then years later, you find it on a bootleg, and you go, "Oh my God!" Like you know, this was as cheesy as can be. But right. at the time, you know, think about that. I mean, and and if I'm I might be wrong on this, but I don't remember seeing a show before that where you actually heard them talk. Like you'd see them play, but when they're even though they're reading that cheesy dialogue, you know, we don't wear makeup. You know, I never, I don't remember seeing them really walk around and talk and things like that. On, on TV until that and just being blown away by, you know, oh, my God, like, you know, those guys from the pictures and the album cover, there they are. You know, and even though it's lip synced or whatever, you know, it was it was incredible. How old well, were I you think- when, when that aired, Matt? I would have been like eight years old, you know, and, and just glued to the TV, excited about that. I was 13. I think part of what was so magical about it, too, um, I mean, just looking back on it, is that. They're in this kind of gothic setting. Mm-hmm. They're performing songs from Destroyer, and, and it's pre-recorded music, but that's okay because it, it sounds great and they look great. And they're wearing the Destroyer costumes, you know, just as they look on the album cover. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not not the kind of modif- modifications that happen where, like, Paul starts to lose the shirt or does this or that or the other thing. Like, it really looks like Destroyer. It looks and sounds like that album came to life. Right. Um, and then you, you know, I mean, even though Paul Lind is campy as hell, and um, and you've got um, what's her name, uh, Margaret Hamilton, is that right? The, yeah, the, Florence right. Anderson, she's right. on there. Tim Conway, Roz, Roz Kelly, Kelly, of course. Abba, Abba. Is it is it Margaret Hamilton? Is that her name? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the Wicked Witch. Yeah, there was Witchy Pooh and the Wicked Witch. Right, and and if I'm not mistaken, I, I remember reading something at some point where she and Jean kind of like, no, not that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no. Um, 
no, no, she and Jean were, were chatting off camera about like the use of pyrotechnics because I think that she, I have to look this up and confirm it, but I think that she actually got pretty badly burned when they were making The Wizard of Oz. I believe you're mm. correct. Yeah, and because she, you know, she had to do some pyrotechnic work when they made that movie. That's probably one of those movies that Gene grew up loving. It wouldn't surprise me. And um, and I think that it was a little bit of like a like a mutual admiration thing that was going on backstage when they were making that TV show. Have you seen the rest of the TV show? Yes, it's, it's like, unwatchable. Yeah, it's, it's almost, terrible. It really is unwatchable. It's terrible. But you know, speaking of the pyro on that show, think of that edit where he blows fire. Mm-hmm. They did it as an edit. And you actually, first of all, you see him with his mouth open, and then two seconds later, he's breathing fire as if, th- you know, he doesn't have the stuff in his mouth. He can just breathe fire because he's the mm-hmm. demon from Kiss. <laughs> and then there's that shot where he kind of, like, is flailing around, and he's doing this thing where he's moving his base back and forth, and he points at the amp, and the amp blows up. Right, right. These guys weren't, these guys weren't rock stars. <laughs> they were superheroes. They were monsters from hell. Exactly. Like, which... Monsters from Hell should have been an album. You know, Monster might be a good name for an album title. <laughs> I like it. I think I like they got it. you. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podcast. All right, here we go. Take two. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss, the best. Well, right. This around this time of year, right? That Rock and Roll Over came out. God, what a! I know we've talked about this before, but 1976, Calabunga. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And to think that they started that year on the Alive tour, right? I mean, still mm-hmm. still dressed like that, still sounding like that on that tour. Oh, man. Amazing stuff. Amazing I'm not going to lie and say that I'm not sometimes very jealous of you guys, you know? Well, yeah, on the other hand, you know, I was stuck in a small town in Ohio. Where were you at, Matt? We were in Percocet, PA, so it's a suburb of Philly, you know, about you know an hour out of Philly. And that's the one thing I think of. We talk about Halloween, and we talk about dressing up as Kiss, so it was Halloween 79. That was It was me and my brothers and our friend Dwayne, who we knew since five years old, and we dressed as Kiss, marched in the little local parade, won first prize in the uh, you know group contest, and somewhere I probably still have that silver dollar. I'm not exactly sure where it is, but I'm sure I have it. That's magic. And you know it was it was the thing there was there was a lot of people dressed as Kiss in that parade you know you're looking around and and we were all kids like oh look at that these and our, our one friend had like the he had made the platform boots by by uh, duct taping blocks to his boot and everything <laughs> and I mean, it was really you know but at the time think of that you also didn't have the ability to really go out and buy a store bought. Kiss costume, you know. Yeah, now because these you are could, Tom McCann's. Yeah, yeah, you don't find yeah. these at Hardee's or whatever he yeah. says. But the, uh, you know, and that's the thing. At the time, the only store-bought costume was the one, the plastic one with the poncho. And I was always a fat kid. I could never wear the poncho. <laughs> you know, it's like, what am I going to do with that? But the, uh, you know, so you wear the mask. Yeah, I wear the mask, and that was it. Until but, the rubber band gives way, right? And, and then it's like, yes. But my mom and dad, they made those costumes, and, and we had, and, you know, we had, I mean, not really elaborate costumes, but the one, my my mom and dad made a guitar that they, they made a cardboard face of a guitar, and then we glued it to a tape recorder, 
and you could play the songs and we would dance around and see so it had music coming out of the guitar and it was wow i only have like you know there's probably about eight full seconds of film of that but i remember it like being just one of the best times i mean you know and doing that was one of the first times i ever actually did the makeup and and you know and we had these costumes loved it and i still i think about that a lot as a halloween thing one of my favorite memories really of halloween you know one of the most fun times that i remember having what year would that have been? That was 79. Okay, because I was going to say something, you know, which is that uh, had it been like 76, you know, that, that would have predated all the like, you know, oh, Kiss has gone to the kids and stuff like that. I mean, but I'm sure that even in 76, kids were dressing up like, starting to dress up like Kiss. Is well, that right? I, I guess really, like, and Ken, you, you know, you would remember, but I mean, I'm really of that age that the kids that were 16 that were Kiss fans for the first three albums I'm one of the eight-year-olds they would have hated that now liked Kiss because, you know, everybody in fifth grade, you know, that liked Kiss at that point, we were kids now. Like, cause right. in, so in 1979, I'm, I'm 11 and like they always, like in that one special, well, if I'm 16, I don't like what an 11-year-old likes or whatever. But the, uh, you know, I know there's pictures of me, I'm holding the Peter Chris solo album and I have Peter Chris makeup. So it has to be, it's 78 or 79. And that was the year 79 that we were, that we were in that. So, you know, like 11 years old. I mean, how cool is that? I love Very it. Very neat. Okay, so the Paul Lynch show aired on a Friday night. When Monday morning came around, do you remember getting on the bus, Matt? Was there any reaction from the other kids? There was a bunch of people. Everybody was into Kiss. and It was like was instantaneous, wasn't it? And, you know, it really was very much like what you had said about the Beatles. The same way the Beatles had that moment where suddenly everybody had discovered the Beatles. This was everybody was a Kiss fan. And, and it's really funny that, I mean, I went to school with people from kindergarten all the way up to graduation. And we just had over the summer our 25th high school reunion. And there's this really, this group of kids that I went to kindergarten with. And we all remember, do you remember listening to Kiss Alive at Inside Recess and, and spitting ketchup for blood and, and all that stuff? I mean, and, and it really was something that at the time, it was, you know, and you had every album coming out. I mean, think of that. Between those years, then here comes Love Gun, and we, you know, all, here's Kiss Alive 2, and all these albums are coming out. And it was just, I mean, it really was such a great time to be a Kiss fan. It definitely was. I remember that, like, when they were on the Midnight Special, that was a big buzz. But, like, most kids didn't get to see that. You know what I mean? So the older kids probably caught it and, and would right. say, like, you guys got to check this out. And I and actually saw the Midnight Special on a rerun. And I imagine parents weren't watching Midnight Special the way that they might have. I mean, parents probably tuned in. It was Carson it and then the Midnight Special. No, but I'm thinking like the uh, the Paul Lynn thing. Even if it was sort of on in the background, th that was probably something that was you know prime time, geared toward families and and, and parents knew Paul Lind at that time, right? Because uh -huh. he was sort of right. a like a musical comedy shtick guy. Right? And the but, center, but, the center square on on Hollywood Squares. <laughs> that's yeah, that's right. Yeah. Although I, I tend to get him confused with who's the other guy who's just like him is um, Charles Nelson Riley. Exactly. You nailed it. Yeah. yeah. I knew exactly what I thought. Right. Great, great queens of the 70s. Elton John, Charles Nelson Riley, and Paul Lind. Um, but, but think of that show just in itself. You had Florence Henderson, America's mom at the time from the Brady's Bunch. Paul Lind. Uh, we America's mom. Yeah. 
another mm-hmm. America's bomb. Then you have like Ross Kelly, who is really hot for being Pinky Tuscadero. You got Tim Conway, who seems really lost. <laughs> Aren't Donnie and Marie in? Yeah, Donnie and Marie are in that for just a little. For a second, yeah. And they mention Alice Cooper. Right. <laughs> it's such a weird show. It's crazy. Really B-level uh, variety show stuff that that could not have possibly been all that entertaining even in 1976 with the exception <laughs> of trust me yeah i mean just the kiss part is 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 good i and, remember and, sitting there going just get to kiss just get to right. kiss just get to kiss <laughs> well well here's the question about that though and 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 you guys would maybe be able to reflect on this you know unlike midnight special unlike you know abc's in concert or whatever they had been on before this is one that your parents might have caught while it was airing Did that happen for either of you? My stepfather saw it, and he put down his paper, and he said, I'll tell you what, I never thought I'd see such a thing, because he was from West Virginia. There was no way... Not Ireland? No, not Ireland. But there was no way I could explain that to him. Like, I would get, like, the acoustic guitar out and try to play Detroit Rock City, and he'd say, that's not music and all that stuff. And then I went over to my friend Billy's house, like, the next day, and we were talking about how cool it was. And his dad was just laughing at us, you know, <laughs> just just laughing at us, just because he was, like, an Air Force guy. And Kiss was like, these guys are a joke. You won't hear from them in six months. And it's like, <laughs> oh, if you only knew what was coming. <laughs> And I'm thinking about how, you know, like the irony of that, that they've sort of become, you know... The, the Air like, Force band. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, such a... Such they a, have their own Navy now. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, it's true. There's, you know, no no conversation about Kiss and Halloween can go without the greatest movie ever made. Kiss meets the Phantom. There it was in all of its Technicolor, and I recorded that with a little cassette player, and I remember yelling, <laughs> Shut up! Kiss is on! So, like, every once in a while, if, like, if I could find the tape and could find a player for it, like, you literally hear, like, the cheesy mono of, you know, just, just the mono recording off TV. Dude, is there any chance, Is I mean, is there actually any chance that you do have that tape anywhere? I can look around, but it won't be found in time for this show but no uh, no no. i mean just it, like I, I want you to promise me that if ever you do find that tape we'll pl- i'll just play the whole damn tape god yeah <laughs> absolutely I, like I mean i really two hours of me yelling at my family and me cutting commercials <laughs> out and fl- like and now we're gonna flip the tape over <laughs> well even when you think about that i think it really again speaks to the fact that at the time that was the greatest technology was that you could hold up a tape recorder and get it it wasn't going to show up on youtube the next day or in your dvd store uh, a minute later or as a download and if you missed it you missed it and it, and think how many years was it until it came out even on crappy vhs mm-hmm. you know that but you had it burn your mind as this great movie you know when you're Ten, you know, it's like, and and then years later, seeing, you go, oh yeah, maybe it, it was not everything I remember, but the uh, at the time that was the same kind of thing. Everybody you knew was tuned into that movie, which was terrifying once you started watching it. Well, you know, actually, this is uh, uh not to get serious for a second, but um, October is also the time uh, a few years ago, uh, two thousand and seven, that my my grandmother passed away, mm-hmm. and uh, she. You know, she's sort of like the classic or like the prototypical um, New York Jewish grandma who would watch like Chips 
and um <laughs> and like uh you know all the the cop shows like the seventies cop shows you know she'd watch chips or she'd watch um uh, you know starsky and hutch or the a team she really loved but i i also one of the coolest things about her was that she never gave me shit about being a kiss fan you know like of all the people in the world you'd think you know you're like a seventy eighty something year old grandmother would kind of wig out about grandson who's in a kiss and I just remember one of the times when Phantom of the Park was re-aired, and it must have been about, I don't know, like late 80s, early 90s that, that it came mm-hmm. on again. Her saying to me, I just saw the greatest movie, and, and mm-hmm. your kisses were in it. <laughs> um, and they turned into androids, and, you know, like, you know, kind of really, like, waxing about it, and, and uh, very fond memory. I'm really glad that I got to share that with her on some level, <laughs> you know. Because I think that she's the key demographic for that. I mean, like, if, you know, in 1978, the demographic was Kiss fans. But in, like, 88 or thereafter, I think it was Grandma. You know, that was, like, that's a good demographic for Phantom of the Park. There was a couple times where, as a Kiss fan, I got egg in my face. This was one of them. One of them was, I would, like, I would, like, walk around with like and my little eight track player and play people side four of kiss alive too because this was an indicator of what was coming on the next kiss album <laughs> the return of kiss, return of kiss. <laughs> and it turned out to be the departure of kiss, kiss. yeah <laughs> it, it didn't materialize in the same way i remember getting the magazine for kiss meets the fan of the park before kiss meets the fan of the park aired it was out like two weeks before the movie was on. So I'm like reading it and I'm like, oh, this is going to be the best movie in the world. And like there's a, there's a little bit where Paul says that it's a cross between Star Wars and Hard Day's Night. And I'm such a huge fan. And it's like oh, Hard Day's Night and Star Wars. <laughs> this is a gift from the gods. <laughs> Nothing will ever be the same. <laughs> and it turned out to be true. <laughs> But I remember, like, people are like, yeah, I might watch that crap movie, you know, and it's like, it's going to be great, you guys, you know, and, like, all the the football players and the, the cool kids were, like, distanced from Kiss so quickly. It just was, like, night and day, a light switch went off somewhere, and Kiss was no longer cool. What a miserable thing to live through, though, I mean, just in terms of the, the high of Alive 2, Side 4, I mean, in some ways probably the best sounding uh, and, and maybe the hardest rocking stuff that they did in the 70s from from that to dynasty you know like which ooh. is which dynasty is great but it wasn't what i had hoped for but right yeah. i mean i shouldn't say to dynasty cuz cuz the truth is that dynasty is not nearly a disco record in most respects but but more specifically to like i was made for loving you holy cannoli what a you know what a letdown if if you're hoping for a live too it was it was a little harder to be a Kiss fan at high school the next the next mm-hmm. Monday morning after Phantom of the Park. But see, little did it, those kids know who teased you about it that that the the ha ha would be you know we would have the last hurrah because because we're now friends with Dirty D. That's right. <laughs> I love you, Dirty D. <laughs> love you, Lisa. We love you, Lisa. <laughs> we love you, Lisa. Hi, everybody. This is Lisa Jane Persky, Dirty D from Kiss Meets the Phantom at the Park. And I'd like to say hi to everyone around the world in Australia, in Japan, in Malmo. Is anyone in Malmo? Uh, I hope everybody's happy to listen to Podkiss. Now, we're not the only ones who met uh, 
who who met someone who met the Phantom of the Park, right? Come to think of it, because we're not the only stars, and and neither was Lisa Jane Persky, the only stars of the the greatest movie ever made. And now on NBC Saturday Night at the Movies, Kiss meets the Phantom. There was also the great Anthony Zerby. It turns out that Mr. Matthew Porter, the Matt Porter, <laughs> has the star, Matt Porter. Star, star of stage and screen. Has an up close and personal story about Mr. Anthony Zerby. Now, Kiss weren't the only ones who met the Phantom of the Park. That's true. Maybe. That's true. I actually did meet Anthony Zerby, and it's kind of a funny story that that goes back. It was the it was 2004, and I work at Montgomery County Community College. It's a it's a community college outside of Philadelphia. I work in the communication program, and we have a really good theater program as well. And in the theater program, the one year, believe it or not, they had there was a lively arts show. Was Anthony Zerby and Roscoe Lee Brown were going to come in and do a spoken word, like a spoken word, very sophisticated spoken word show called behind the broken word and that was going to be on a saturday night and so the friday night before the performance they arranged for anthony zerby to come in during the day and he's going to meet with the drama club they're going to do a couple performances he's there then he's going to talk to them so i saw the postcard for this when they started to advertise it i hung it on my wall in my office i'm i'm thrilled that the phantom of the park is going to come to monaco the the guys that i work with my friends that, that run the theater program they you know they said to me well you know you support all these events but why are you excited about this one? I said, look, I have to tell you. That's the Phantom of the Park. And, of course, they had no idea what Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park was. But the, the day of the fools. event. Fools. Well, they were fools. Somehow they managed to go all those years and not know. And, and I was going to educate them all. But the uh, the day comes. We're in this small auditorium. And they're doing their, their presentation. And here comes Anthony Zerby. So I'm kind of geeking out because he's sitting now right behind me. And they finish their thing. And he's kind of just milling around because he's going to get up and then talk to the group about you know the craft of acting and how great this is and you know being a geek i think we all know the the geek code you can't pounce immediately you have to kind of you don't want to scare anybody but i but yet i want an autograph so i i i the guys that were running it are kind of ribbing me okay did you get your autograph did you get your autograph okay i'm just i'm playing it cool i'm playing it cool but you know i'm not cool so anyway i come walking up I pull out the poster, and I say, look, if I hate to bother you, but would you mind signing this? And he puts his hand on my shoulder, looks at the poster, and he says, You should be ashamed of yourself. This was the worst piece of shit ever made. And he just starts howling, laughing. And now all these kids who a second ago didn't even know who he was, now they want to find out why am I having such a great conversation with him. When you think about it, the kids that were in the audience are were college kids, so they, chances are they weren't even born at the time when Phantom of the Park was out, let alone did they really you know, have too much interest. But of course now he's telling us all these great stories of making the movie and, and you know doing all these things and having a screening, and he actually said to them, you know, you're not really going to put this on TV, this just doesn't make any sense, it's terrible. <laughs> and he, he's talking about it like like he's he can't believe it and so then he gets up and, and okay i have my autograph and he gets up and he's and he's going through the whole thing about being the tools of being an actor and this and that and the other and at some point somebody asks him a question that's you know uh what if you get a character that you don't like and he says well i have played despicable people murderers rapists the worst people even that character 
that you like. And he points right at me, and I say, oh, Abner Devereaux. And he says, Abner Devereaux. Abner Devereaux. That sounds like the kind of guy you could take home to your mom. And he Amazing. looks at me like he looks at me like, and you know you're crazy, which is true. And uh, so I, I got a good autograph and a good story out of that. Now, wow. when he when he put his hand on your shoulder and did all that, I mean, he was being he was being funny, wasn't he? Was really... being very funny. He was cool. very over the top, and and I think instantly realized, okay, this guy is, you know, if he's got the poster, he's clearly a fan of it. And like I said, in that room, this was not a room that I think really knew that much about him. I think he was happy that somebody in the room was like, you know, kind of, you know, very much a fan. And even his, I think it was his manager. I don't even know who it was. Had come over to me later, and she's like, well. You know, what is this? Like, I don't even think she knew what the movie was. And she looked, she says, well, that's the one thing I, I always get these requests about. And I said to her, look, I hate to tell you, I said, out of all the stuff that he's done and you can go through his filmography or whatever, the one that will live forever is Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park because we will always love it. And she's kind of looking at me like, you're nuts. Right. No, <laughs> well, she, you're are. right, though. You're right. It's true. Yeah. We've well, got to get him on the show. But it was a really neat experience. That's so cool that you you can say to people you met the Phantom of the Park. <laughs> well, Matt Porter, <laughs> now that you've told my story, <laughs> what I want to do to wrap up this conversation about October is I want to play some clips throughout history of performances and, and events that took place around this time of year. We're not going to do any intros. Just sit back, close your eyes. It's Halloween time, Kiss Army, and this is for you, trick or treat from podcast. But it seems so good 
You'll never leave her, but you know you should.
I think it would be worth mentioning in, in some ways, um, October, for some reason, I don't know why it is, but October 9th, 10th, and 12th are all somehow related to KISS because it was October 9th yeah. I saw them at the reunion tour in Philly. By the October 10th in 92, they were doing the revenge tour in a club. October 10th, believe it or not, now it's 2009, was live 35. I saw Madison Square Garden. Now, and, I don't, well, and then the funniest story, really, for me, on the October 12th, 2006, Gene is doing his promotion for the Kiss Cologne. And he's at the Oxford Valley Mall. And we sat all day, you know, in the middle of the mall waiting for him to come out. And I'm like the fourth one in line. My friends Doe and Barb, my best friend, you know, is Bob Brodsky, a lot of KISS fans. He's He was just on the KISS cruise and everything. And we waited all day. And then it's actually kind of a, it's a funny story is the fact that, you know, you had to buy the cologne to get in line. That was part of the thing. You had to buy your fragrance, you know, your Kiss fragrance to get in line. Well, literally minutes before he's going to go on, they announce he will only sign the fragrance bottles. And everybody in the place has something cooler. And the thing was, for me, I had this one 8x10 that was already signed by Paul Ace and Peter, the only one I need to finish oh. this picture is Gene. Oh, man. And these people, the one guy, the, the quote-unquote like security guard, he's like, you can't go up on the stage if you're going to take that picture with you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I just, he, you know, I already, you got my money. No, no. You can't. And he was like, literally, he's going to throw me out of the line. We've been there, you know, eight hours or whatever. He's going to throw me out of the line. I'm now like third or fourth in line. I'm, I literally am walking. You can, and my friend actually, I have it on video. You can see me going up. I'm arguing with Gene in front of the whole crowd. Gene, you have to sign everybody's stuff. We all have cooler stuff. And he says to me, I can't. I'm like, what are you talking about? You can't. You're Gene Simmons. You can do whatever you want. And he says, no, not today. Uh, and he goes, I'll sign it another time. And I say, well, when? And he says, another time. And I'm like, ah, and so I never even got a photo or anything. He signed the the fragrance bottle, and I remember stomping off that. You can see in the video, they are the the security is ready to kill me. They're ready to like literally. They, you see them start to circle. They're gonna pull this maniac off the stage. Here's the funny part. So now, years later, it's two, October 12th instead of 2006. It's now 2009. I got to go backstage when they were in Philly, and I have that photo. And I meet every one of the band in the makeup, and the last one I get to is Gene. And I say, look, do you remember back in 2006 when you did the fragrance thing and you weren't allowed to sign anything else? Well, you said you'd sign this later. This is later. And he starts cracking up. And the people around him, you can tell, they, they are worried. They, they want to make sure Gene is happy. And then they see he's very happy. He's howling like crazy. He's laughing. He says, oh, yeah, I remember that. This is great. And then I have this, the, one of my favorite photos, Gene hugging me. And because he was, he seemed actually very happy about that, that of course he had lived up to his promise. Like he, I'm sure he never, rem he don't remember that, but it was really like one of the greatest moments for me was now that was finished. In a lot of ways, it really almost was the way that I say I finished my kiss collection. Nice. Because I have now that piece, that photo has all four original members, and I have the comic book signed by all four original members, and I keep saying that that's it. I'm not going to do any more of that waiting in line forever and ever and ever because, you know, it's crazy. So, But, but that was, that's why October 12th. 
Well, that's an awesome story. I, I, I got to tell you, October 9th and 12th are, are special days for me in terms of Kiss as well. 9th was my first Kiss concert in 92, and 12th was my first time seeing them with the makeup on in 96. Uh, just a great time to be a Kiss fan. October's. <laughs> well, and of course, you had Paul Stanley's solo tour. We saw him in Philly. It was October 30th. The Live to Win album had just come out, and here he was playing these clubs. You know, I saw him Theater of the Living Arts in Philly. I wasn't even going to go to that show. I didn't even buy a ticket because we had this event at work that I was supposed to be in charge of. And and sure enough, my friend calls says, "Oh, look, you got to put on WMMR. You know, um, he's going to be doing an interview. You got to listen." So of course, in my in my office, I'm listening. And at the end, they say, "Okay, we're giving away tickets for car thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and you know what it is like. You have to call, right? It doesn't matter if you can't go. You have to still call." Sure enough, ring, ring, ring. Your caller thirteen. What? And she says, can you get down here by 5 o'clock? And it's 20 minutes of 4. I literally handed off the DVD that was supposed to be played to that thing. I said, okay, I'm leaving. You guys are in charge of this event. And I floored it. Somehow made it to the doors of the TLA. Got to go into the sound check, which was unbelievable, with maybe 30 people. And here's Paul and the whole band going through sound check. Nah. And the same thing, If, like I said on the other story, if you were cool, you might stand in the back and kind of be like, oh, yeah, it's Paul Stanley. I'm not cool. I go right to the front. Like I'm literally now arm's length away in this empty theater watching them sound check. And, it was, and then I went back and, and you know, we got in the second row for that show even. It was unbelievable. Awesome, awesome. You almost feel something in the in the crisp autumn air that you know kisses out there. And creatures yeah. of the night, obviously. You know when you figure oh, yes. that whole vibe right. of Halloween. And if you guys remember when the box set came out and Gene and Paul were in makeup mm-hmm. up on the float, you know, in New York City and that in the big Halloween parade night. And I actually have a bunch of video of that because my friend went up and shot a boatload of footage. And it's on my YouTube page. There's tons of footage of them like literally riding a float in the Halloween parade. I mean, but how mm-hmm. cool is that? It's Kiss and Halloween right. again. And and Love Guns was on MTV. That that down uh, Total Request Live, remember? Yeah. That was the uh, Kissology or the... Yeah, yeah, the Kissology box set, yeah. Right, right. Uh. There's this one picture of all these girls on the float with Gene and Paul. And Paul's got his, you know, chest hair. His, his whole chest is bare. And the girls are in, like, you know, leather, like, underwear kind of things and t-shirts and stuff like that and it's you know it's freezing out and there's a there's a picture of gene on his cell phone in a parking lot and it just looks so funny because here he is the demon of rock and all this stuff and there's gene talking can you can you hear me now yeah that that ended up on the reality show didn't it wasn't that on one of the episodes where he was they they turned that into some kind of storyline where he was on the phone for some reason i think that's on on family jewels i don't remember what it was but and then there's this one shot this one photo out there of gene on his cell phone in the middle (laughs) of a parking lot trying to get a signal he's got one hand like covering his ear like i can't hear you hold on a second and he's you can see that it's just such a weird thing because We've all been there with our right. cell phones, and there he is in, that, you know, in makeup. It just looks weird. You think Dr. Love would have a better phone, right? Well, if you're calling Dr. Love. Right. <laughs> another, another one, and we can't forget this, is the Tom Schneider interview. Oh, my God. That was a and Halloween. You guys didn't see that when it was on, though, did you? I did. Really? I recorded that? that thing. Wow. For years, my brother and I, we'd, we'd go around – 
doing that. Me, me and my friends and my brother and I, we would we would reenact that just from the the cassette recording. Because <laughs> this was before you know it was out on boots were circulating with it and stuff like that. So for like from from that to like 1984, we we would always do those lines and stuff. Because that I, was I mean, apparently, I, you know, I couldn't have been the only one because there's a lot of Kiss fans that knew that stuff. So. Well, that that's where you find out how funny, York, though, wasn't it? Like, like, wasn't that that wasn't like a national broadcast, was it? Because I didn't see yeah, that until yeah. years later. It was, no, I, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it was on. It was on. As a matter of fact, it was repeated. I remember the uh, repeat. I always thought that was more. <laughs> Who like knew the, the Ace was so thing. funny too, right? I mean, like, I mean, that's. Like I didn't. No. They, they, I mean, they kind of kept that secret in a way. Who knew they think about it? Like as as classic and like as quick. I mean inebriated or not that guy had a quick wit he has a quick wit <laughs> i mean some of those comments are you know are absolutely priceless and that is still today the 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 interview that i will show someone if i want to say like this is kiss it's that version of kiss for sure but i'll tell you as we're going through sort of all these memories you know going all the way back to 1976 the the kicker is you know these guys aren't going to be around for another six months right that six months sure has lasted a long time <laughs> yeah, no and i and i'm and i'm really excited because you know it's 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 only october but i do feel like some great stuff is coming and i hope i'm right I hope you're right, too, and I think you are. Well, that about wraps it up for Podcast 52, and we want to thank you once again for joining us. It's been a great pleasure, Matt, to have you on the show. Oh, thanks. Come back soon. We're going to do this again. And in the words of Ace Fraley... Happy Halloween, everybody! I'd like to take a quick second to mention that a fellow Podcast fan, Derek Rejigs from Germany... Uh, sent us a message. Here is the youngest of the Kiss family. A new fan is born on the 17th of October at 2 p.m., and his name is Max. So, welcome to the Kiss Army and the planet Earth, Max. We dedicate Podkiss 52 to the memory of the late, great Eddie Belandis. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podkiss.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great Eric Carr, and the late great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podcast is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podkiss crew, thank you for listening to Podkiss, the KISS fanzine for your ears. My yes, we are. Said to, to get, get things done, done you, better you better not miss. We've made it, Tom. <laughs> you wanted the base. You got the base. So close your eyes. Oh, I love a good... Bible yeah. group. What does he say? Like, yeah. I love a good religious, love a good yeah. religious group. And then there's, uh, so I know how you got your name. <laughs> oh. You have to kiss and make up. <laughs> By the way, here's something that will not make the show. You ready? Gene Simmons' diary, October 1976. I met Margaret Hamilton.
What can I say? I had a stiff proposition and she had no. <laughs> I put the wizard in her eyes, if you know what I mean. When that witch bends over, I forget my name. I put the broom back in her castle. 